0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. they have done some uh, scientific testing, psychological testing and evaluation of this. And I want to share a few of those findings along with some scriptures that support it about the power and the benefits of thanks living. Okay? And so, you know, maybe if, if you're a little more of the cerebral type, maybe this will help you. Amen? And, uh, you know, and nothing wrong with being cerebral. God gave us a brain. He wants us to, to, to discipline it and use it for His glory. But there's nothing wrong with being smart or being educated. There's no blessing in being dumb. There's certainly not any in being stupid, is there? See, you can be smart but not be educated. See, but you can be educated and still be stupid. I ain't got time to go into that, but you know. The first thing is thankfulness. They found out thankfulness opens the door to better relationships. Look in Colossians 3. We'll read a scripture that, that supports this. But, you know, being thankful for the people in your life. You say, oh, Pastor, you just don't know my family. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe instead of being uh, part of the problem, you need to be part of the solution. Maybe it could just start with something as simple as just being thankful for your family members. You know? Anybody in here got a perfect family? Raise your hand. Can I see just one hand? Nobody's got their hand up. No, we don't have perfect families, do we? No, of course not. You know, when I was growing up, I was the black sheep of the family. (laughs) So, you know, I can't point any fingers. But, you know, being thankful for the people in your life, for your husband, for your wife, for your kids, for that that very dear friend of yours. You know, being thankful, it enhances our relationship because as we're thankful thankful for the people in our life it focuses more on the good qualities of them rather than their faults yeah. boy you know a fault line is easy to see isn't it yeah. a crack in the wall a crack in the floor it's the first thing you, your eye wants to look at it and there's a crack I mean you know you you walk in the room you look at the carpet there's a spot it's just your eyes want to go to that, and I understand that. But there's something about as we learn to be thankful, you know, for all the good qualities of our life. It helps us to realize, yeah, you know what? They're not perfect. Neither am I. But you know what? There's a lot of good things about them being a part of my life. There's a lot of good things there. They're for me and believe in me when nobody else does. And Colossians 3, let's look at, uh, just read a couple of scriptures here. <clears throat> Notice what he says here. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You know, <clears throat> pardon me. When we get together at the holidays, you know, and we've probably all seen these, you know, these Christmas movies where it shows the, the typical dysfunctional family. You know, nobody wants to be there. You know, this one's mad at that one. This one hadn't spoken to that one in a, in all year long. And now they got to come together and sit at the table. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. But he says here, he said, let the peace of Christ. The only way that can happen really in relationship is if you're thankful. Because if you're mad or if you're holding a grudge or you're, you're, you're thinking about what they did or didn't do and all of that, I mean, I, there's not going to be much peace there in your heart. And, you know, usually what, all that happens is is, is in that, that situation when we come together and, and, and fracture relationships and things, all we do is we just stir the mud back up. You know, we hadn't seen them all year, so the mud's kind of settled on the bottom, you know, and the water's pretty good. But as soon as we get together and we start thinking about what they did and didn't do and how they, they, they hurt mom or they hurt dad or they hurt this one, we just, all we do in that is we just stir the mud back up. But if we'd be thankful, we might clear up some of the dirt. He said, let the peace of Christ, since members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful he said, let the peace rule in your heart and be thankful. He said, let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. What do you have to be thankful about in that relationship, in your families? What, what's, surely you can find some good quality. Maybe they got a nice looking head of hair. Or some really nice straight pearly white teeth. Find something. Maybe they're, maybe they're really good dressers. I mean, find something somewhere that you can be thankful about. And start focusing on that during the holidays. And then throughout the year. But being thankful. They've found that if you will be thankful, it enhances your relationships with the, uh, with the people in your life. And let's face it. You know... Friends you might can do something about, but family you're stuck with. (laughs) I tell young couples all the time, you know, if they come to me and they're, 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 you know, they're engaged, they're getting ready to marry. I said, you know what? You're not just marrying this young man or this young lady. You're marrying the family. Hello. You know, we've all heard all the the jokes through the years about the in-laws. But you know what? You need to learn to be thankful you need to be thankful for that extended family. It, you know, it, it could help uh, 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 enhance that relationship instead of it being strained all the time. Maybe if you told your, uh, your, you know, your mother-in-law well, how much you appreciate her. After she gets up off the floor, she'll appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> she just passed out. Come on. Or your father-in-law, whatever. But be thankful. It enhances our relationships. Doesn't it? It does something. I mean, when people tell me, and and listen, I know I'm not the best pastor in the world. I'm not the most gifted one and everything. But when people just say, thank you, pastor, we love you, it makes all the difference in the world. I know they're not saying that, you know, we agree with everything that you say or do and, you know, and all of that. But something about it just, it makes you feel Good about yourself, doesn't it? Makes you feel appreciated. And so when you say you're expressing gratitude to that family member, doesn't necessarily mean that you agree. You don't have to agree with all their theology and all their politics and everything else. It's just saying, you know what, as a human being, as a person, as somebody in my life, I appreciate you. It's good, good preaching, isn't it? I know we don't shout about it. But, you know, also we need to be thankful about God's presence in our life. And I found this out, you know, and, and the Apostle John said it in his epistle, didn't he? He said, he said, don't say, you know, how can you say that you love God whom you don't see and you can't even love that brother or that person in your life whom you do see? So uh, if we're not thankful for pe- the people in our life, we're probably not going to be all that thankful for God's presence in our life. And it enhances our relationship. Listen, God loves it when you are thankful. He likes thankful people. If you don't believe it, just read over there about Israel. When they came out of, you know, one and a half million grumblers. Well, minus about three or four. They were all grumblers. They groaned and complained and grumbled and griped and whined and... No matter what God did, it wasn't enough. This man is okay, but I'm telling you what? Why can't we have some quail? Getting tired of this banana bread. Manakati and manna burgers. And I want some quail. <laughs> Secondly, thankfulness improves our physical health. Now, this is, is, not only do we know this from the Scriptures, but I'm I'm talking about this has been proven, you know, scientifically, psychologically, medically. Thankful people, it improves your health. Hello. Man, I tell you, you know, it's human nature, isn't it? We want to tell people about our aches and pains. It's human nature. Man, I'm telling you, it's sciatica. It's a getting to me. (laughs) <laughs> it's human nature but you know what we need to learn to, to be thankful even if we're going through a physical battle we need to be thankful to God not, not for, because we're going through the battle but we're thankful because we know this that he is the Lord God who healeth us he is the God who will deliver me from my sickness, from my pains he is the healer and I start focusing on Him more than I do my pain. Now, I understand. I've been there. Uh, you know, the only good thing about pain is when it leaves. That's, that's my own interpretation. But it's no fun. I understand I've been there. And especially when it's chronic and it's nagging. So we're not, we're not trying to be unfeeling about this. And I'm not saying that. But you know what? We need to, even in the midst of that, that's really when we need to be thankful. But if you're enjoying good health now, you need to be thankful for that. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, it's good to be healthy, isn't it? It's good to have vitality and strength. And when pain leaves your body and, you know, you're able to serve God and serve your family. It's a good thing. But we need to be thankful. Look, at, look over there in 1 Thessalonians. You're close there next door. Just turn over there. 1 Thessalonians 5. <clears throat> Notice what he says here. We'll back up to 16. Rejoice always. That's most of the time. Always is most of the time, isn't it? <laughs> Can you think of a time that always does not cover? Always. Pray continu- <clears throat> pray continually. That covers a lot too, doesn't it? Do you know what? If you do those two things, a lot of stuff in your life would be it would you know, a lot of problems would be, so, uh, they, they would be solved. If you just learn to rejoice always and pray continuously, a whole lot of your problems would disappear. Boy, that's good, that's good pastoring. It's a lot better than me coming over and holding your hand and patting and say, bless your heart. That ain't going to help you. This will help you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Uh-oh. I don't feel like giving thanks. Well, welcome to the human race. Man, there's some days when, I mean, when I'm not facing a problem, I don't have any pain, my body's fine, I still don't feel like giving thanks. As far as feeling goes, come on. Can we be real? But you know what? Where does it say that feelings is Lord? I thought it said Jesus is Lord. So if Jesus is Lord and this is what he is speaking to us to do, then in all circumstances, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give thanks. Not for my circumstances, but in them I am. I'm going to give thanks because God is with me. I'm going to give thanks because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm going to give thanks because he says I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going to give thanks because he said all the promises of God are yes and amen. I'm going to remember what God has said, what he has provided, and I'm going to be thankful And in a little circumstances, can just pack their bags. Amen. Amen? Amen? It absolutely does. It improves our physical health. But you know why? Because we're focusing on God and His promise more than my ailments. Yeah. I know, you know, when you've got different things, especially if you've got several things going on in your body. I'm not saying it's easy. Is it easy to do this? No. Listen, Christianity is not for wimps. Not if you're really going to be sincere and live it. It takes courage. How many times did God say, be courageous? Well, the only reason, why would he tell you to be courageous? if <laughs> I mean, because you're facing the, the, the devil, the world, and your flesh. That's about, that, the, Those are the, the main three venues or avenues or spheres that, that we have to wrestle with or we have to deal with. Isn't that right? A lot of times, you know, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But you know, when I crucify the flesh, the next day I get up, it's still here. You can't cast out the flesh. (laughs) you got to keep it under, don't you? That's not easy. Especially if you've got things going on in your body, aches and pains and different things. I understand that. But, you know, nevertheless, this is what God says. And I I always think this, God's smarter than I am. If he said, in all things, give thanks, then I can do it, and it's going to be to my benefit if I do. Amen. And they found out scientifically that people who are thankful, they experience fewer aches and pains. Wow. Three, thankfulness improves our mental or psychological help, and they found out it increases our happiness. Now, anybody in here, you, you, would you rather be uh, uh, you know, sad or happy. Well, here you go. You have it out of the mouth of at least two witnesses, God. And now even the, the, the medical world is saying that thankful people are happier. You know, I found out when you focus on everything that's wrong, it ain't going to be long. Man, I'm telling you, discouragement is coming. Amen. And as I've said before, in our lives, there's never a time when everything is all just perfect or just right, but it's not always all just wrong either. But I want to tell you, if you focus on what is wrong, it won't be long before you'll be convinced everything in your life is wrong. Nothing good in your life. Where is God in my life? Why is everything wrong in my life? None of y'all have never been there, have you? (laughs) Absolutely. He says, they, they've proven this, that if you are thankful, it reduces toxic emotions like envy, resentment, and regret. You know, we need to, find, we need to concentrate on this. What God has done for me, not what life has done to me. i to let Paul life. think on that. Focus more on what God has done for you, for me, than what life has done to me. Listen, I know, you know, the human nature, the human uh, condition, life has done things to us, hasn't it? Before Christ and after Christ. (laughs) It's done things to us. And, and, you know, and we're still recovering from some of those things. And we're still being healed from some of those things. Can I hear? Isn't that true? That's, that's, that's reality. Yes, we're new creatures in Christ. My inward man, he's doing great. It's, 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 it's this mind and this flesh that ain't redeemed yet. That's where I, and and the, the devil and the world system, all that I'm dealing with. So we know life has done some things to us, all of us. But if I I am a thankful person, I'm focusing more on what God has done for me. Man, Jesus has borne my sicknesses. He's carried all my sins. He's delivered me from hell. That's a good place to be delivered from. Because I'm going to tell you what, hell is mighty bad and eternity is mighty long and you don't want to be there. I'm telling you, if God don't do another thing, I'm so glad I'm not going to hell. I'm so glad. See, some people say, well, you ought not to just get saved and miss hell. Well, I'm telling you what, that's the best reason I know. I mean, of course, having God in my life and knowing Him, that's that's right up there too. But I'm telling you what, it's... I'm, uh, <laughs> like I say sometimes humorously, how I many of you would rather be here in jail? You know, you may wish your pastor preached better, taught better, or was... Taller or had more hair or was better looking or whatever. But it's it's better to be here than in jail, isn't it? I'm telling you what. It reduces toxic emotions. Because life does things to us. People do things to us. Our family members do things to us. I knew I'd get a big amen out of that one. You do things to your family. (laughs) Sometimes. But uh, see, if... If we focus on that, it festers, don't we? I remember growing up, you know you know you know of course, we were outside playing a lot more in those days, all the time. you know we had to entertain ourselves outside, man, and we you know we were building tree forts, we were climbing trees, we'd bend trees over to you know see how high we could ride them inevitably, <laughs> inevitably doing some of those wise things as kids, you got scrapes and cuts and all that on you, you know, and then, you know, it, it, the, it, as it healed up, the scab would be there, and it'd start itching, and you wanted to pick at it. And you know what your mom, mom and always say, don't pick at it or it'll never get well. Remember, your, you ever had a grandma or somebody tell you that? Well, the same thing's true. See, if, if we're not thankful, if we start focusing on, you know, I'm hurt, and somebody did this to me, and this happened to me, well, you know what? You're picking at it. It ain't never going to get well. It's just not going to get well. Emotionally, you're not going to get well because you keep picking at it. You won't let it get well. You need to be thankful. Put some, some, put some gratitude salve on that thing. And let it get healed. And let it get well. And whether they ever change or not, you don't have to be crippled. This is all right, isn't it? <laughs> it's real practical, isn't it? It's where we live. We're talking about thanks living. They found this out. Thankfulness improves our self-esteem. Our self-esteem. Wow. Isn't that good? It raises, listen to this, they've proven, thankful people, it raises our own contentment level about ourselves. About ourselves. You know, some people, you know, everybody, I've noticed this out personality-wise, has certain proclivities, don't they? Some people, you know, you get around them, our youngest son's this way. He's got the most self-confidence. I mean, you know, I, it's, and it's not over, the overbearing kind. It's just, I mean, you know, he can do it. It no doesn't matter what. If it's something new, he can do it. He can master it. He can do it. I mean, you know, he's just that way. He's not afraid to, to take risks to do things, you know? And some of us, you know, our proclivity is, is you know, some people, they, they're that way and they see what they can do. They see the, the talents and, and the good things in their life. But then there are others that they see everything that's wrong with themselves. Everything that's wrong with their life. Everything that's wrong with themselves. Everything that's wrong with people around them. I mean, that's just your bent. And and the only way I can tell you to unbend that tree is to be thankful. Start looking at what. Because, listen, there's something good in you. Must be. God's in you. If If you're a Christian. If you're a human being, you're still made in God's image. There's something good in there. There's something, good. There's something good that you can find about yourself. What is it that God's given you? What's the, the talents and abilities? Maybe they're not developed yet. Maybe you're not using them. You know, I found this out. You know, when we focus on the negativity about our lives a lot of times, we're of no value not only to ourselves, but usually to no one else either. Usually those people are not the people that are giving, that are serving that are using and developing their gifts because they feel like I don't have anything to give. I, I mean, I don't, every, this is wrong and that's wrong and I, God couldn't use me and all that kind of junk. Can I hear a holy grunt? That's true, isn't it? But when I'm thankful, not only for God and what He's done, but I begin to see, okay, obviously, none of us are perfect. There, there's no question about that. You know, if I want to make a list of what's wrong with me, it would be from here to yonder. But you know what? There's some good things that God has done in my life. There's some good qualities that God's put in me. There's some abilities and talents that God's put in me. And why don't I be thankful and focus on that and begin to use. I think when you do that, you'll begin to use those gifts for your family, for your church, for your community to be thankful. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You were right there. Turn back to Colossians 3. Being thankful. Now, see, I talked about the easy part. Now, He said, <clears throat> said, verse 1, since you have been raised with Christ, if you are a Christian believer, you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. Then verse 2, he says, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Focus, start focusing on that hidden life. Yeah. See, you are you you see what is obvious. You know, it's like looking in the mirror. And if you got one ear that, you know, you start focusing on your face enough, you start thinking, well, I think that ear's a little lower than the other one. And I never, th- man, I didn't know that, man, my, the pores on my skin are so big. I used to have more hair. I mean, you can, if you, 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 you want to look, you know, you can find something wrong. That's what I'm saying. So he says, rather than do that, he says, focus on that new life that's been given you where your life is hidden in Christ. Focus on His perfection. Focus on His righteousness. Focus on His love. Focus on His ability. Focus on the fact that He's in you and He's given you a brand new life. He said, that's where your focus needs to be. And thanksgiving, being thankful for those things, will help us to look in the right mirror. See, if I look in God's mirror, I look awfully good. If I look in my mirror, I don't look so hot. (laughs) Also, being thankful for others helps us to appreciate the good qualities they have and the accomplishments they have. I'm telling you what you know. You see, some people they just can't stand it when somebody else gets some kind of recognition, when somebody else is is life is going good for them, when they're being successful, when things are going well. There's some people you know they're envy. They don't like it. You know why? They're not thankful. All right, let's see if we can really stretch our faith here. Being thankful for others. 1 Timothy 2. Boy, if this doesn't apply to nowadays. Verse 1, I urged in that, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and, everybody say, and. Now, see, we got this part right. We're going, petitions, prayers, and intercessions for kings and all those in authority. See, we got that part, but it says, and. The giving of thanks, for my translation, says, and thanksgiving for the kings and all those in authority. Ooh, didn't hear any many amens there. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't vote for that president. I ain't giving no thanks for him. I can't wait till they kick him out. Oh, I done stirred the pot now, hadn't I? Pastor, are you getting political? No, I'm not getting political. I'm telling you what the Bible says. And the next person that's in authority, you need to do the same thing for him. Did you know when Paul wrote this, nobody got to vote for anybody in those days? They didn't get to vote for Caesar. I mean, he was using Christians, you know, as human torches. And he's telling him to give thanks for that? Yeah. Yes, sir, I'm a follower of Jesus. So far, to an extent. I can't give thanks to the goofy bunch of people up there in Washington. Come on, you better. All right. See, I believe this. He said, prayers, petitions, and intercession for those in authority. See, if we don't add thanksgiving to that, then I think it hinders the petitions and prayers that we're making anyway. If, if you needed four ingredients to make a chocolate cake, but you left one out, would you have a chocolate cake? All right. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. Don't shoot me. Isn't that right? See, he didn't say you had to agree with everything that they say or do. But he did say, you need to make prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving. Amen. (laughs) You want something to change? Then do it God's way. (laughs) All right, enough said about that. Thankfulness increases our mental strength, they found out, our ability to cope with things, to overcome trauma. You know, they did it. I was reading this, and they did a study especially about soldiers coming back from the battlefield. You know, like in Afghanistan, Vietnam, or wherever it was. You know, and and some that had been wounded, and even those that hadn't been wounded physically. But they found out by doing the studies that those who found something to be thankful for recovered much more quickly, and and, and to a a greater degree, they recovered mentally mentally. And they could cope with the things that, that they had experienced than those that came back bitter. See, trauma happens. Things happen in life, don't they? Man, I, my, my prayer for you is that, that everything will go well with you. That's my prayer. That was the prayer Apostle John had for his disciples. He said, I, he said, I'm praying that all goes well with you and that you prosper and be in health." That's what I want for all of you too. But well, we also know life happens, doesn't it? And so here's the thing that will help you with that. He said, being thankful. Being thankful will help us to overcome trauma, and it also it enhance- it enhances resilience. Look over in Psalm 42. We're talking about thanks living. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Has your soul ever been downcast? The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. See, if you've got hope in God, you're going to be thankful. You're going to be thankful. You're going to, see, you're going to see that there is opportunity for God in your life. You're going to see God working in your life. Yeah, this is bad, but I'm telling you what, this is my hope. I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. And as long as I'm not knocked out, you know what I can do? I can get up. Boy, I tell you, I've got up a lot. Somebody says, what's your key to a long, staying faithful and, 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 and living for God? Always? I said, I just keep getting back up. <laughs> call it what you want to. I call it hope in God. You can call it stubbornness. <laughs> hey, whatever you want to call it. But I'm telling you what, it's just getting back up. It's not because I've been the wisest or had the greatest faith or anything like that. I just keep getting back up. Remember when you was a kid? I don't know if they still got these things, you know, the, the blow-up things, you know, and they rounded on the bottom, and you could hit them like that, and they'd go all the way to the ground, but they come. Used to have clowns and different things, you know. You'd sock them, and they'd go, and they'd come right back up. See, that's me. Life hits me. I, I might go down, but you know what? The greater one. My choice and the greater one in me, and we come back up. He said, "Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him." <clears throat> Excuse me, my Savior and my God. <laughs> Hallelujah! So you know, <clears throat> fosters being thankful. Thankful people, they have a inner strength, a resilience in them. They can deal with the adversities of life. They, they don't lose their hope because they're thankful. Remember, we, I said, you know, at, at, at the end of our gratitude or at the end of our gripe, there's somebody... Somebody's going to use our gripe. Somebody's going to use our gratitude. If we're thankful to God, if our hope's in God, I'm telling you what, that leaves my life open, the door open in my circumstances for God to do something, for God to change it, for God to deliver me, for God to strengthen me. But if I'm griping and groaning and moaning and complaining, if you want to know how God reacts to that, look at the children of Israel. Fiery serpents came out. Boy, aren't you glad you're not living... It's a good thing we're living in a day of grace, isn't it? We'd be praying for a lot of, a lot of Christians on Sunday for serpent bites. <laughs> be thankful. Thankfulness, get this. Now, this one, this one really is where we live. Thankfulness improves our sleep. Amen. You're you're right there, probably still in Psalms, look in Psalm 16 right there. This has been proven scientifically. Of course, we we know from the Scriptures we're going to look at it. But it improves our sleep. Thankful people sleep better and sleep longer. And we all know how important it is to sleep. You ever had a bad night's sleep? Don't raise your hand. Boy, I have. You get up the next morning and, man, I'm telling you, you're not exactly chomping at the bit, are you? I mean, you get up and you do what you got to do, but, I mean, you're not as alert. You're not not as creative. You don't have the energy to tackle things, do you? But, man, you ever have have that good night's sleep, man, and you get up in the morning, you're like, man, you're rested, you're alert, you're ready to go. Makes a difference, doesn't it? So there's a practical side to this. He said, being thankful improves our sleep. Look in Psalm 16 and verse 7. He said, I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night my heart instructs me. Now here's the thing, when we sleep well at night, here's the spiritual side of it. Now I mentioned the physical side, but the spiritual side of this is if we sleep well, when we're resting, God is able to speak more readily through our spirits. Come on. And see, God wants to speak to us, but, but a lot of times we don't get quiet enough at any time for Him to speak, except when what? We're sleeping well. You get in a deep sleep, you know? And, and it's at that time, what? That your mind is quiet, your body is quiet, and your spirit is not shouted down by all the stuff around it. See, here's the problem. Because <clears throat> people say, well, I-, I wish I heard from the Lord more. Well, you know, you've got to get the noise level down. Yeah. Your mind. See, this is why, like, for me, early in the morning is best. Because if I try to really hear from God at night, man, I'm thinking about all the stuff that's gone, all the water that's gone under my bridge today, all the people that walked over my bridge today. <laughs> All that kind of stuff's going on. It's hard. There's so much noise. You got to, your mental noise drowns it out. When, the, when God spoke to the prophet, remember he said that the earth, remember the earthquake came? God wasn't in the earthquake, was he? See, we, a lot of times we want God to just shout down the noise. God, why don't you just shout it down? I don't know why, but he don't. And, you know, he went through all that. The wind came and all this came. And then it says, a still, small voice. Do you know how easy it is to drown out a still, small voice? It's pretty easy, isn't it? God's trying to talk to you and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're worrying over the bills. He's trying to tell you how to get out pay the bills, and you're worrying about the bills. And he's already told you worrying about the bills won't pay the bills. I mean, if you found that out, I've tried it. It don't work, does it? it don't, I, worrying about my finances didn't add one dollar to my account. But when I listened to God, when I got over there on the God side and started listening to Him, then I mean, you know, help my help my finances. So here's the thing, it's because of the way God speaks to us in a general way. Can God, could God shout us down? Yeah, He could do it. But you know what? Find out how many times He did that. See, most of the time, the majority of the way, God says that His Spirit bears witness to our spirit. It's that still, small voice. And if we sleep well, Paul, David said, when he slept, when he was sleeping at night, he said, then the Lord would counsel me. He would give me wisdom. He would give me solutions. He would give me insight about the circumstance of my life. Christianity is supernatural. I'm not saying that we're shouting and talking in tongues and prophesying every minute. See, that's a, that's a, that's a narrow understanding of supernatural. Supernatural—the word "super" just means above, greater than—and God's got some greater, greater than solutions for your natural. He's got a super for your natural. But if we don't get quite enough, so thankfulness helps us to do that because it 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 releases all the stuff that we've dealt with during the day. Amen. All of a sudden, you you. You switch over from the problems and everything that you've dealt with that day, and you're switching over to the God and, and remembering His goodness. You're remembering His promise. You're remembering His faithfulness. You're remembering His wisdom. You're remembering that He's with you. You remember that He said He would give you perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on you, and you get that settled. Listen, before you go to bed tonight, night, would be a good to take a few minutes to just be thankful. Let that be part of your bedtime ritual. Whatever you do, add that to it. Just just take just a few minutes and just be thankful. Th- find the things that, you're, that you can be thankful for that day. It will quieten your mind. It will help you to release the things you're facing to God. You can lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Isn't that what God promised? And, and God can speak to you in the night seasons. Amen. And it also always helps me remember that God is near. Well, let me give you some action points because... Our time's just about up. Let me ask you. These are going to be real simple. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? See, some people, they're, they're, their problems so consume them that, you know, this. they have to stop and think a minute. Well, you know, I, don't, I can't think of anything I'm thankful for. Uh, yeah. And the second part goes with this. I, I encourage you, if you need to, if, you, if, you're, if you're working on this thankful thing and this gratitude thing, keep a gratitude journal for 30 days. Every day for 30 days. At the end of your day, before you go to bed, just, just write down. It doesn't have to be pages. It might just be one thing. It might be two things. Might be th- but just write down, what, I'm, what, you're, what you're thankful for today. Lord, I'm thankful for this today. It might be so, it doesn't have to be some great big thing, it can be something small. But what is it? Keep a gratitude journal for 30 days. It'll, it'll change your outlook. And you know what? You'll begin to say, hey, you know what? I wasn't sure God was doing all that much in my life. But now, man, look at this. God's really doing some things. He's doing some things in my family. He's doing some things at my work. Shazam. <laughs> It could be good for us. And, you know, and the things I've shared today, not only are they spiritually true, but hey, even science agrees that there are benefits. So here's the thing. Why not, and you know, and, and the reason I put 30 days is they, you know, they say that it usually takes 30 days to break a habit and create a new one. Yeah. And I want to tell you something. Listen, complaining can become a habit. Just like worrying can. It's, it's easy. I mean, it's just easy. And, you know, the Scriptures tell us not only to throw, we know this, throw off any sin. We know we wouldn't want, we're not going to hang on to sin in our life. But he said, also, he said, weights that can hold you back. And, you know, whining and griping, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. But I'm telling you, it's a weight that's going to help or hinder you running your race. So why not, let's just get, let's just take 30 days if we need to. And you know whether or not you need to. If, if you're a thankful person, you, you may want to do this anyway. But, you, but if, you, you know, if you're, you're kind of on the fence there, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful sometimes. But, you know, I whine some. I complain. Then maybe keep that Journal. And at the end of the 30 days, go back and read that, and you get a good snapshot of what God has been doing. And it makes you aware of what God's doing. You know, there's a a term that they use a lot now psychologically and in business all called mindfulness. You know, that's when we're we're self-aware, not only of ourselves, but of of our surroundings, and we become more conscious of God, what God's in, the activity of God in my life. It'll help you. It'll encourage you. Amen. And you can reap all these benefits. Any of these benefits you don't like. Don't want to sleep. Amen. Don't want to have more peace. Don't want to have more health in your body. Then just, you know, keep doing, gripping and complaining. Amen. Bow your heads. Let me just pray. Father, we're so, we really are. We're so and I trust that we all are. We're thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. You loved us. You're God. you God. You could have been a God of hate. You could have been a God of vengeance, a God of anger. You could have been whatever you wanted to be. You're God. But you said you have purposed. You are a God of love. You're a God who loved us. Even when we were dead in sins and trespasses, you loved us. And you said, how much more now that we're, those of us that are your children, how much more will you give us all good things? Father, we want to focus on you. We want to focus on the good things that Jesus has provided through Calvary. We want to focus on your grace. We want to focus on hope. We want to focus on all the good things you are doing in our life. We want to be People that not just celebrate thanksgiving, but be people who celebrate by thanksgiving. A lifestyle of giving thanks for the people in our lives, for our families, for our brothers and sisters in the Lord, for those in authority over us. Lord, we, we just want to overflow with thanksgiving and thanksgiving. living. You're here this morning, perchance there might be one you've never made, Jesus, Savior and Lord. The Bible says this. It says that, that every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. From the preacher all the way down. But thanks be to God, He didn't leave us in that condition. He sent His Son, Jesus. And Jesus came and He lived a perfect life. He went to a place called Calvary, and there he laid down his life. He shed his blood for the remission of our sins. And the Bible says that if we will believe in our heart that Jesus died for our sins and that God has raised him from the dead and will confess him as Savior and Lord, we will be forgiven. We will be saved. If you've never done that, I invite you to do that today. To just say, Jesus... I believe in you. I I need you in my life. I believe that you died for my sins. I I need you. I need a Savior. You know, don't let pride keep you from calling on the Lord. Everybody, everybody needs this salvation. So I encourage you to call on the Lord this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for dealing with our hearts. Thank you, oh God, for helping us to adjust our thinking and our heart attitude to be one of gratitude. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.